There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Forever. Dog. Look, man. Where? Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that oh, culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding, Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. Mm. Huh. <sighs> I have such good feelings about this next hour and a half plus of audio. <laughs> Me too. And can I say, I feel very decadent this evening because I'm too, I'm with two wealthy women. I'm surrounded by women of wealth, of and, wealth and, and means. And means. And guess what? Both of you, half, have moved into two new homes since I last saw you. Reader, it's true. Reader. When I came back to New York, all three of my house have moved into different hoe dwellings. Hoe dwellings. Oh, they are house. And so why well, I've seen Dave's lovely new apartment. Shh. Clap. Congrats to him. Congrats to him. The wallpaper is laid. I've seen Sudi's new apartment. Congrats to her. Congrats to her. The art will, the art will be put up soon. You have not been to this house apartment. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something okay. I just said. Uh, tell you Swift. It's not that I haven't, we just haven't had the time. We haven't had, we are, our, our, our wires you, haven't crossed. When are you coming over? I would love to come over. When is a good time? You've been busy getting ready for a show. A show. Fr- I've been doing my thing. Friday, we're going to be recording more episodes. Maybe come over after, come over Friday. Yeah, we can Great. do that. Okay, let's do so that. So just so you guys all know, I am going to go, I am going to see Bowen's new apartment. I know. Just in case anyone was, was concerned whether or not I was going to see his new apartment. You're really, you're really pushing it back. 
And I, and that is a signifier for something. You miss me desperately. I miss you so much. Uh, I really missed you. <laughs> I miss you and too. And I, the night I saw you, I was like just fucking shoveling affection and throwing the dirt onto you. And I was like, and and you were giving me nothing. What I are you talking so about? I despise this. I'm, I, I Sudi, like, you're Matt, nodding yes. Matt is emotionally, yeah, Matt is emotionally distant. And like, I wept that night. Yeah, about LA. About LA? No. <laughs> about your friends in LA, how much you miss LA, and how much you hate New York. And it's not our fault that you live in a humid hole. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you, because Matt comes in with the story. It's not our fault you live in a Polish Greenpoint pierogi basement. <laughs> Fuck you. You are a bitch. Pierogi garden level box. Sudi, you are a bitch. Stop it, Sudi. You are being Stop a bitch. Stop it, Sudi. You are, are being, being a, a bitch. bitch. Okay, I mean, she's, she's in, and we, I mean, this is already, I have such good feelings about this audio. And I wait. I don't like this narrative. No, well, I, I just, came because I, I don't think it's truthful. Can I just set the scene? Can I on. just set the scene? So I came. I come off the plane. It's famously a very long flight from Los Angeles to New York. Yeah. Uh, the priority number one was I get to you guys and have wine and pizza because I had been in Los Angeles for five months. And Sudi and I had been planning all day treats for for that Matt enjoys buffalo pizza. I don't want you to say that because I knew that Matt wouldn't mention it. And so I wanted his story to be I'm sorry. done. Okay, no, it's I'm fine. Sorry. Go, go, but go. I was like, that was my thing about the story. Wow. Go, 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 go. I'm, I'm sorry. obviously the ruined. villain of this episode, aren't I? No, it's I'm really the villain now because I ruined Sudi's. We're all villains. I'm not. I'm a saint. <laughs> Go so I get off the plane and you know what happened when I got home to my apartment. It was a disaster and it was really, really hot. And yes, I was a little bit emotional because I did make some friends over there that I'm not going to see for a while, but I was thrilled to see my sisters. And so I went there and literally sat down and was crying because I know there might be life changes, not because I missed anything in LA. Life changes. Life changes. I was emotional for many there reasons. Might be life changes. Changes. Life changes because I'm thinking about going to LA and moving I there. I know, I we know, know. we actually, know, and we know. And also, it's a big transition. And also, sometimes when you're like feeling a lot of things, and then you see people that you're comfortable comfortable with, it just all comes out. Like I've I've had that like with you. Like I've, I'll Facetime you when you're in LA, and all of a sudden I'm crying, and I wasn't even like upset that day or you like cried. really thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you. Um, did sit down and immediately start talking about how much you're going to miss your friends in LA. And no, they true. didn't know you when you were born. Uh. And I was there when you came out and I held you and I looked down at you and I said, this is my son. And you are my mother. That's what I said. That's what you said I famously. Actually, <laughs> By the way, this is if, if you're living under a goddamn rock. This is, this is Sudi Green. Sudi Green. Saturday Night Live writer, shrill writer. Uh, the Sudi Green, the our Sudi greatest Green. friend, our number one, famous. Her biggest credit is the is um, famous. It, her biggest credit is Summer of Cunt. Summer of Cunt. Yeah, and and the merch that it extolled. Fruit is what candy is based on. Fruit mm-hmm. is what candy is based mm-hmm. on, and Summer of Cunt. You can find them both in the merch store on Las Culturistas. Tpublic.com. Um, Sudi, you are right. You, you, you and I knew Matt when. And but you you two especially had have we really talked delved into this origin story about you two? Hmm. Is that you oh my two God. it's you, a good one. It's a good one. Colloquium. Okay. Colloquium. It is it is the story that was foretold. I feel like it's our like it's our it's our 
Old Testament? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's Noah. It's like scary God. It's yeah, scary, scary God. God. It's when it's it's the part of the Bible where God is really scary. Where if you and lie, fearsome. if you lie, then you get swallowed up into hell on the spot. Yeah, you know exactly. What the crazy thing about the Bible is bestseller. Bestseller, <laughs> number one best-selling book of all People time. Don't talk about that. People don't talk about the fact the that Bible the Bible is that bitch. Is at all times that girl. And that it's rule of culture number 75. The, the Bible, Bible is, is at that, all times that, that girl. girl. And I look at the New York Times bestseller list and I think, where the Bible? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's kind of right. like it's kind of like um the happy birthday of books. It really is. Because really, really cause, is. Because if, if you really think about it, if the charts really reflected music, if the charts really reflected music, mm. Happy Birthday would always be number one. Number and one. ipso facto, vis-a-vis, Happy Birthday is God. Yes, absolutely. It's actually real culture number six. Ipso so facto, vis-a-vis, Happy, happy birthday, birthday is God. God. Okay, so this is apocryphal story. Okay. I... Okay, so there was this, uh, Matt and I both went to NYU, uh, we went to dramatic writing, um, and he, I was a freshman, you're a year older than me, Sophomore. famously, you're a year older than me, both <laughs> yes. of you are famous, no, no, we're five days apart, Bowen and I are five days apart, and yet I Bowen, am younger, sorry, yet Bowen graduated with me, which feels like political, because I skipped a grade, wow, wow, I didn't skip a grade, I started early, I should say, wow. started too late, my mom wanted me to start early, but I did not pass the test you had to pass to like go to kindergarten a year early, and her immigrant heart was shattered, she still brings it up, because afterwards, I guess I said, said um, that the woman who gave me the test was mean. And then my mom is always like, this is so classic. My mom, like, she was mean to her and she intimidated her. And here she is. She's like five years old, you know, and like she didn't and she didn't think I'm dealing with a five year old, you know, and that's and that's why she didn't she didn't go to she didn't. And that's why. That's why. I will say it's one of two two tests Sudi Green has not passed in her life. The second being when Sudi was my plus one when I was famously on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And they said to her, Sudi, you were so good on camera as his plus one. Would you like to take the test? And she said, oh, I don't know. She had just started SNL. She was like, I don't know if they'll even let me be on an ABC show. I don't know uh, if I get it when I get it. Like, I won't be. When will I come back? Like, what if they need me? Okay, the time? And then really she cr- did not pass the test. She I did not pass well, the test. First of all, I rushed it because I wanted to get to P.F. Chang's. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. In Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, which when I the only other time I had gone to Las Vegas, I was like nine years old. My aunt lived there, was going to nursing school <laughs> there. We were like, let's go to um Las Vegas and visit her. It was also the first time that I was catcalled. I think I was like eleven years old. Wow. No. Yeah, one hundred percent. I what did a have, sick city. I did have tits when I was seven, but like <laughs> you know what I mean? it was still fucked up. I know what you mean. And uh you know what I mean? Tits at seven. We know we know those girls. <laughs> We know those girls. But I went to P.F. Chang's and I thought it was the only P.F. Chang's that existed. Ah. And I was like, this is the most glamorous restaurant in the world. And then like cosmically when we were back in Las Vegas, I was like, I want to go to this P.F. Chang's. And but also we when we went to Millionaire, Matt was on Millionaire. Mm -hmm. We were with all these people who had studied. Matt and I had not studied at all. We're like made, you know, like when you're in those situations and you're like in close quarters and you like make friends with people. And we made friends with this like mother daughter pair. And they had been like taking a road trip and were doing like states and trivia and looking at maps and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then all of the practice questions that we did, I knew the answers for. And so I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. We don't yeah. need to study. And then actually the question that I called Sudi up for to help me with on Millionaire, I oh, wouldn't have gotten it right. 
it was the low. It, it, Here's it, what it was. Yeah. It was that. So sometimes they do a millionaire, these questions that sound like they're asking you one thing, but they're really asking you another. So mm. it was like this ultra marathon. And I had just read a book and watched a documentary on ultra marathon, which was peak Sudi Green that she had yeah, read a book and watched a documentary about it. At the time it. I was dating a guy from Colorado. So it kind of all tracked. Got um, it. This ultra marathon goes from the highest point in the state to the lowest point in the state. Where does it end? Well, well, it, yeah, it said or the, in the country, the highest, highest point, point in the, the continental country. United States to the lowest point in the continental so United asking States. Asking you what? What, what is, is the, the lowest essentially? Point in the it's States. asking w- in which state is that? Death Valley, which is Utah. California. Oh shit! So, so one of the answers was Utah. Utah yeah, and, and one of them was Colorado. And one of them was Colorado, and one of them was California. And then it was, there was another one that definitely wasn't it. But I brought Sudi up. And said my she said her instinct was California, and I said my instinct was Utah. And she said, "Well, the question's really asking this." And I was like, "Well, that's Death Valley." And she said, "That's in California." I'm like, "Was that the answer?" And we struggled for about six I minutes to give myself. that answer. Yeah, you wore an iconic the inner saboteur. Dress. You wore did an iconic red dress with an iconic red lip. That was Becky Shacoin's dress that when Becky lost all that weight, she gave me so many of her old clothes. And that was a beautiful Ann Taylor Loft dress that was very flattering on me that I wore to, I think, every other show my first year at SNL. Wow. Wow. I remember you showed up in that dress and I was like, well, I'm upstaged. Fuck. It was just a red yeah, but you knew that you have to wear a bold color on cam. You knew that. Yeah, I did. And there I am in a gray shirt. Gray, Bo. Gray. But look, oh, but Sudi and I have both accompanied you at these iconic shows, ABC shows, even. Which oh, one? The View. You guys went to the oh, View. yes, we went to The View. Wow. We, icon- I, we iconically go to ABC daytime shows. That's something that this, this threesome? This is our history. This this is our history is, our is we go to iconic, iconic a- daytime ABC daytime shows. Daytime ABC shows. We are all holding hands. We yeah. are, yes. Yeah. For, so anyway, I cut you off when you were telling the colloquium story. Oh, okay. So there was this, uh, we're at NYU and there was this class called colloquium that we took our freshman year. So Matt and I were like both essentially freshmen in the department. And it was like, you had to write a five minute scene. Yeah. Like a, a monologue. M- oh, 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 okay. It was a monologue because it was, you had to, ex- in colloquium, you would write a scene yes. and then you'd get the other writers in the class to act out a scene. So, right. so you could see your own work. Yes. So then on the first um, day, we had to write a monologue and perform it so that you could know who of the writers in the class were good actors. Well, it, the way they phrased it was like, so you can get a sense of everyone and how to cast them. Okay. But this was kind of sh- it saying was like, like an audition. Yeah. If you're a performer, class. show us so that we can use you in the scenes. God. So um, I think you went first or I went first? I'm sure that I went first I because I, I remember leaving to go to the bathroom after I'd gone. And what was your monologue about? My monologue was, what I did was I cheated. I did not write an original well, monologue. Well, no, I absolutely knew that you were, okay. What did you, well, what did I you put write? my iTunes on shuffle and every time it lands on a different song, I wrote an anecdote about why that song was in my library. And okay, interesting. Yeah, and so, and it was essentially it was like storytelling. I thought you were gonna say you were like plagiarizing. I was like, oh. I no, 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 no. But so then he's like talking about. It. He's like, okay, so I'm on. Um, I'm in Long Island. I'm at this concert or whatever. And then I was like, this bitch is improvising. I was improvising. <gasps> you could tell he was improvising, and I was sitting here, and I was like, he's very funny. He's a very good actor. He's very charismatic. He did not write all of this down. He is <laughs> making it up, and I was kind of like. Who else? I would say I would say that it was all written down, but I was taking liberties based on what people were responding to, and that is performance. 
Wow. And then I <laughs> sat down feeling, <laughs> feeling like I had crushed. Felt you like, had. okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom and, and, and not for nothing, but these writers weren't like crushing it. Okay. Uh, and I felt right. I could go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. I'm in the bathroom. I took about two minutes and then I walked back and everyone was laughing. Hysterical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this girl was on stage and it was Sudi. And I was like, oh, finally someone's like, got something up there and it was a sorority monologue it was like i was you I, were a sorority yeah. girl like getting people to come out for rush i was i was i was like pump, i was a freshman girl like pumping herself up to pledge right 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 wow yeah. and it was really funny and i remember thinking oh okay well i guess like that's the girl i'll cast in my scenes and then and billy domino was also there, who was also our longtime friend. Billy. He was, for those of he you who might know, it. he was the one who he wrote the wearing... Seinfeld 9-11 spec script mm-hmm. later yes. on, and he wrote for Family Guy, and he's our good and friend. he was so funny, and he yeah. was wearing a salmon jacket, which he also wore for every single gentleman party show. Yeah. Yes. He was wearing a salmon jacket, and I'll never forget how horny I got for this funny man in a salmon coat. Yeah. Doing a crazy ass monologue, and, I... and then he, he <laughs> cast us in his scene. Yeah. And the, he wrote a scene which was, you were my wife, and I was calling Broadway to try to get tickets to see Cats, see Cats, <laughs> which had just closed, which had just closed. So it was a, a scene with us in the hotel room. It was very funny, and I remember like we were taking taking it really seriously and whatever. And we do the rehearsals, and then we're about to go up, and this is like also Matt and I are definitely like actors who write like we were both yeah, like yeah. Oh my we're God, too I scared this. to be we're too scared to go and audition and be in the studios yeah. at Tish and so we were like oh we get to write and perform whatever this was getting us horny and then I will never forget Matt you turns to, to me mm-hmm. we were about to go up and Matt turns to me and he goes just so you know I'm really going to commit and she just nodded like mm-hmm. and I was like what did, we, what did you want to say to him in that moment? Well, I like understood because I was like, oh, he's, he, he doesn't want to be caught trying. Yeah. He doesn't want to go out there and really do it. And especially like coming from like our high schools, which was like a lot of like people not taking anything seriously. No, and no. It Very cool much the yes. same suburban <gasps> thing. And he was like, just so you know, I'm really going to commit. And I took it as like, he doesn't want to be out there alone. And me, I'm thinking, bitch, I'm going to get my laugh. Yeah, that's I didn't actually, know who I was that's talking beautiful. to. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's actually great. And then we really slayed. Yeah. We did very well. Wow. And the scene was funny. That's why we did well. Well, I mean, it was it was Matt. I mean, like, I, I don't it's know. It's Matt. funny thinking about both of you when we I knew you in college mm-hmm. and just, like, how much raw talent you had and how, like, from a very early time in our lives – people were just like, that person is really good at a school full of very good people. And then now to like, see how you've honed it and how you've developed it. And like, who the artists you are today, it's um, horny. Cause I think, (laughs) well, I I think back on my time in college and I just, I fucking cringe. Like Like about what? Just about like the jokes I would make on stage. I remember my first danger box show I made, it was a dumb like pseudo stand-up bit that I had made up on the spot. I was like, it, it was there was it was an I initiated the scene. It had nothing to do with the monologue. Had nothing to do with any any idea generator. It was just me and Nicole out there, and I go, you know, you think Gandhi's in hell because he wasn't a Christian? <laughs> like it That's was funny. It is funny. No, it's That's not. Funny. 
no, out of no, it was me. It was me trying to be funny, which is like cardinal sin of oh, wait, improv. But that yeah, was an but, improv, and you was yes. that like a pre-selected line? Yeah, that was me, like a hand line. I feel like a lot of college improv is like that. Though. I know, but people like, I, go tos. And then I just I I truly think about my behavior at Hammercat shows, which is the sketch group at NYU that Sudi and Matt were both on. <laughs> And I would go to I would go to those shows fanatic, and I would just be drunk <laughs> off my ass, and I would just cackle. I'd be like, <laughs> "I'll never ass. forget! I'll it never forget!" We were in I was in a video sketch called Topless Scene. Oh, that I wrote, yeah. which was my my time. sketch where sketch it's like me. these young boys who are like so excited because one of them is like they're so horny and they're like okay my uncle has this DVD laying around and it says it has the best topple scenes he's always talking about this he's, video he's the time codes written down the time codes are written right here it says this is where the best shit is like it was like a porny video and they put it in and it was me and Gina Phillips oh my god I love Gina <laughs> Gina is amazing and, and the game was that it was me showing my titties your nipples my nipples like revealing them you, slowly it was you like cupping a, like, your a, like, a, like a woman does in like a, a t- or just tastefully done nude thing. And I kept showing my breasts. You should was, put that out. I think I might put that online, put actually. That so funny. Um, but <laughs> I remember hearing you screaming. It was great. I don't it think was it was funny. I, well, people, because in the audience, it was actually terrible because people in like the row in front of me would be like, well, what it's the a fuck? But that was, me at, that was me at the improv shows. I would be yeah. screaming at the improv shows. Now, if I saw someone act like that, fuck. You know what I? You know what sketch I bring up all the time to you, and that you're always like, "Oh yeah," is and I fucking this is one of my favorite Hammercat sketches was the DVD commentary of Dow, and it's yeah. Sudi. It's yeah. like I'm the director, yeah. I'm the writer, I'm the producer, and then Sudi's like, "Hi, my name's Barbara. I was um, craft services," and then like every, all the people would like chime in with some like deep meaningful. Did we thing. write that together? I don't think that was me. I think that was I just you or S- Sidorov. It was. You know what? It might have been you and David Sidorov. Oh yeah, I think yeah. It was. And then like your character would chime in and be like, "Yes," and that day on set we had a cobs. <laughs> like, so funny. I am just thinking about a time in my life where I would laugh at comedy. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, that was something that, like, when I did improv, people would be like, "You're so supportive. I love it when you're in the audience. You're such a supportive, at, like, audience member." And like, cut to me at <sighs> SNL at a table read, reading something that I know is objectively funny, and me going, "Sudi, laugh." <laughs> Because I want like the stuff that I know is good to get laughs, but I, I have to. I, it's like I have to be like. <laughs> well, it's become your job. <laughs> it's become literally your job. It's and, the currency and jobs at work. work. It's, yeah. it's the currency, which which makes it like commodified in your own brain. Well, I also think it's just like full burnout, and I know. also like mm-hmm. I'm not. I've seen so much. We've all seen so much. So you're excited by less. It takes more to get you excited. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm not saying that I like fake laughs in the table read. I'm saying it's like I'm reading a sketch that I know is funny, and I want it to be on the show. Therefore, I have to like force myself to be like, "That's a joke, Sudi. Laugh." Well, Even though I'm in my my brain is saying this is funny, and my body isn't laughing. Are you talking specifically about your own sketches? No, no? I oh, don't God, laugh God. at my own sketches. I like fall. I know. If you I see me in it. my own sketches, I am subterranean. I like hide my little head. I like, and then a lot of times I turn to Fran and I go, "I'm sorry." Because it was God. like if it was my pitch and it didn't go well. I mean, even if it's going well, I'm usually hiding. I'm hiding no matter what. And afterwards, I'm beat red. You want to know? I think she, she wouldn't mind me sharing this. So I sit next to Dresden at Table Reads. Yeah. And well, first of all, the experience of Table Reads is crazy because when your sketch is about to go up, you know the order and you know your sketch is about to come up. And I just do this thing where I just literally brace myself. I just put mm-hmm. my hands on mm-hmm. my knees and I'm like, yeah. 
here we fucking go. It's so nerve wracking. And also the couple of sketches before you yes. sketch, you're not You're not there. paying attention. Yeah, you're not, not present you at possibly, all. You're right? not there yeah. at all. You're at like, all. Yeah. 100%. And so I'm just like planting my feet on the ground. I'm like, stay grounded. Like feel your feet. Mm-hmm. This is where you are. Just like live in it. And then the most of the time it fucking eats shit. And then <laughs> I'll either get from Dresden like, like a like a like a very like understanding, but like you tried like couple like tap tap or like sorry you know or like, or like sorry or like you know when something goes well she'll be like she'll it'll be like a stroking in a rub uh-huh. and I'm like oh I did like that's like my marker for like it's so it's such a crazy well, it's, fucking experience. it's also like calming I yeah. You know, I know. I I I gotta say, I just love it when Anna. I just love that yes. Anna is like my comfort. Yeah, it's there. like a yeah. nice check, and it's also like nice to be like, oh, I, I I'm not going through this experience alone. You know mm, what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Anyway. It's fascinating to find out how how it happens there. <laughs> it's live. <laughs> They've honey. never wait, reader. They have never discussed this with me. They don't ever. What happens? Reader? What happens at that job, reader? It is behind <laughs> closed doors, and I've never <laughs> even heard the words table. And also, I didn't even know there was a table read. That's how it works. What is it? Famously, in media, there's nothing about how SNL works. Yeah, there's I don't know how about it works. Behind the about scenes, it. and this is the only chance you'll ever get to know that this is how it happens. No one in news media has ever asked the question. So, what is a typical week at SNL like? Nobody. I don't even know. So on Monday, the host comes. <laughs> what happens? No, no ma'am. Okay. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I don't want to talk about this. Isn't now. it weird? Uh, yeah, okay, so wait, we, we have to say. So at Nantucket, at Nantucket. Oh my God, yes, wait, you, I haven't caught up. I haven't seen you guys since you guys got back. So we went to Nantucket because Sudi got an award for SNL. Congrats. With Heidi Gardner and Miss Jane Curtin. And Ann yes, Beats. Yes, ma'am, and Ann Beats. And Ann awesome. Beats. And um, that was wonderful. And then we were talking the next day about the job and out of nowhere at brunch city just goes i don't want to talk about us <laughs> and i was just like i was like okay. can we just stop i'm sorry uh, and uh, then i go and then i go i'm sorry i'm psycho i'm sorry i'm psycho i'm sorry i'm psycho no I'm but sorry, I, understand. I understood i, I understood why it. you didn't want to talk doing about that it lately though like i have just been like yeah, getting yeah. into panic situations or like sometimes and i never used to be like this but like sometimes something is happening and i need to just like go yeah. You know, or if I it's a conversation, it, yeah. I'm just like, can we stop talking about this? Like, I just, it just, I don't know. That's yeah, I don't know. What perfect. is that? Do you feel more anxious recently? I mean, right now in this moment that we're recording this episode, you are working on a million different things. Yeah, you're yeah, busy. That's true. And you're busy. I don't know what it is. I think it is, I think it is like panic and feeling uncomfortable. I mean, not in that situation. In that situation, I was just like. I kind of maybe clocked that we had been talking about work and, and you know, it's never like relaxing. It's interesting yeah, to talk about, yeah, but it's yeah. also like the thing that I talk about the most. Well, sometimes I, I forget that, you know, yeah. so it's, it's like, uh, I mean, honestly, like uh, I feel like you like to talk about it. Um, less and it less can be therapy though. You know, if stuff is going on, you want to like be like, so this is what happened sure, at work. Sure. But I guess I just feel like, I don't know, in terms of the like leaving, I think it's oh. me just not it's just like a survival tactic it's like i don't know what's gonna happen if i keep Uh, doing this yeah well i also think it's like it's hard to it's hard to be i mean i've been experiencing this over the past five months so it's like when you are busy professionally um God bless. The, the per- and God God bless bless and god bless and we thank god god we thank god God, thank Our, you. And God, which is, uh, who, who is God again? We um, said, 
Um, at the beginning a of the episode. No, 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 no. God is happy birthday. God is happy birthday. God is happy birthday. Happy birthday, God. <laughs> Every year he has a birthday. It is? Christmas. Christmas. Yes, honey. All right. So <laughs> when you are professionally fulfilled yes. or busy in that way, you freak out about personal life. Yes. yes. I mean, that That's is me. That narrative. is 100%. And, and when you, so Sudi called me a couple weeks ago and was in a state. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? I, like, you were speaking in a tone of voice I'd never heard. And like a date hadn't gone well or whatever. I was Do you like care if I say this? No. Well, and then I was like, okay, I think what's happening is like, you're just overwhelmed. And like, you put a lot of pressure on the personal life yep. stuff because you don't have too much time for it. Yeah, yeah so it's and like I, a sacrifice. Too. That's like, like you know what I mean? It's yeah. like wh- when when you choose to spend an evening with someone, it's like if it doesn't go well, it, it's a little anxiety inducing because like that was like maybe the one or two nights of the week where like you had time for that. Also for me too, I think like this situation, basically I went on a date with a guy, it was like a second date and I had I drank a little bit too much and then I was just kind of like, I need to go. I don't want to do this because I wasn't having a good time. And I sort of checked in with myself. We're moving to like another bar. And I was like, I'm not having fun. And I'm making this fun for the both of us. Yes. Why am I making this happen? I'm being charming. I'm being nice. The performance jumped out. Yes. And I was like, why am I doing this? This is not what I'm feeling, which is something I have a tendency to do, which is like, I do too much. Like I, if, 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 if a situation is quiet, I feel like I have to make conversation. Like it's always like, you know, the ball, I always feel like the ball is in my court. And so then I was just like with this guy and especially with like dating, I'm like, what's going to happen? He's going to take me to my apartment. And then is he going to try and kiss me? And then I'm going to have to say no, or is it going to have to be a conversation? And I mean, I wasn't like scared or anything. He was like perfectly nice or, you know, whatever. But I was just kind of like, and also I was drunk. Mm -hmm. And so we were by the street that I would turn on to go home, but we were going to another bar and I was just like, I have to go. I'm sorry. I have to go. I'm sorry. I have to go. I'm sorry. And then he was like, it's fine. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then she called me and was upset and I, I was, was like, yeah, you were yeah, upset. I know. But this is what I love about New York is like, you can be like uh, on the phone um, and nobody looks no at you. One cares. Yeah. I was embarrassed for 0.2 seconds no, and then yeah. I was like, it's Williamsburg. It's Thursday night at around 10 PM. I'm actually acting normal. <laughs> yeah. But I could tell that I could tell that you were beating up on yourself. Yeah. For reasons that were like, A, I think, you know what I mean? It's just kind of the thing of like, and it also, who cares at the end of the day what this person thinks? Oh, yeah. I think you were like worried about the decorum uh, of the situation yeah, socially. Oh, no, no, and it's no. just like, at the end of the day, okay, so I'm gonna share this. My sister just left her job. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's been that. very miserable at her job yes. for a while, and now she is gonna, you know, try something new. She might even go, go to culinary school. Great. I'm really yeah, proud of her. That's beautiful. And so um, I said to her, she was asking what was going on with me and I've been tell- I was updating her and she was like, I was like, what's up with you? And she was like, oh my God, I'm so upset. Like, um, I really not happy at my job. And I said, I just flat out said, I was like, well, you need to quit. And she was like, I know, yeah. I know, I know I've needed to quit for a long time. And I was like, well, you don't have an excuse now that you know. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. it's on you if you keep going in there and are unhappy. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm nervous that if I go in there to my boss's office that I'm going to cry. And I was like, what is this? I was like, you know, who yeah. cares? And I said to her, I, I, I said to her, and I would say to everyone, your emotions are a strength. 
Mm-hmm. And we have to always remember that. Like, yeah, you don't want to be a fucking mess everywhere, but stop being afraid yeah. mm-hmm. and anxious that you're going to have an emotional reaction to something. And that is something in our culture, yeah. I think, with in a lot of people, where they say, well, I don't want to be too emotional. I don't yeah. want to be disturbance. I don't want to be disruptive. Mm-hmm. And you it's kill like, off parts of yourselves. I mean, I'm like a big compartmentalizer. I'm yeah. a big compartmentalizer. Yeah. And I just think like, First of all, because if you're a woman, especially in a workplace, and you're cry or emotional or get angry or whatever, you're immediately labeled as crazy. I mm-hmm. mean, the amount of that times that true. I've been in a conversation, and I think it especially happens with comedians where it's like, oh, how is she? She's crazy. I hear that all the time. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, actually, all the time, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, That's no. actually psycho. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get 
Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. When we were in Nantucket, I did this panel um, uh, with these ladies of SNL, and it was in a church. It was in a big, beautiful church. And there was a minister there who was, um, first of all, gorgeous. (laughs) Hot she, priests and hot ministers all of a sudden running them up. So I mean I don't know priest minister I, I don't know I'm 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 I don't female, know that female. I don't know that world yes, yes. Wow. female had um, was beautiful and tan um, like a woman in her forties with gorgeous arms um, obviously ran you know runner's arms she was wearing Sinewy. a blue sleeveless like kind of a sleeveless turtleneck that was um, showing that she was a runner obviously yes. and a black knee length skirt and she was gorgeous and I remember clocking like female priest and then somebody made a joke about like cursing in the church ha 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 then I'm on stage and I said fuck like four times (laughs) shit like three times which I don't really think I talk like that and I did a bit of like sorry god every time and then (laughs) which is funny because it's not real and that was why it was funny to me I don't know if anybody was like on that base reality with me in Nantucket especially like the kids and the old people but um, I was like sorry God and then (laughs) we go off stage and somebody like mentioned it and I go who cares they're just words they mean nothing Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then I was like oh I, I was surprised because I think that I didn't realize maybe how shocking it genuinely was or scandalizing people, it genuinely yeah. was. And then I was like, should I feel bad about that? And then I realized, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's so strange when you have to censor language. Well, when you get when you come upon a situation where you have to censor your language, I have to actively do it. Well, in that in that scenario, it's like it's not it's it's just this very general, broad, global way that you're using these words that would offend someone, quote unquote. But it's like mm-hmm. you're not calling someone a. Slur. Well, I said "fuck God" and I bared my breast. <laughs> but it was a women in comedy panel. And what right. was I supposed to Were you do? Supposed to keep your tits in your shirt. They asked me, you know, is it hard to be a woman in comedy? And I said "fuck, fuck God, God" and I bared my breast. But it was like "Happy Birthday, God." It was a happy birthday to God, to who God. is a straight. Red-blooded American. God man. is actually one of the horniest men I've ever met. Yeah. God actually, um, yeah. Uh, let's just say God, God has a real mouth and a real dick on him. Mm. <laughs> now let's, let's let's say that. I want us to check in. So this is summer. God's like David Duchovny in Californication. That's exactly what God's like. That's, That's exactly who I imagine when I like. imagine God. Yeah. And uh, oh God, there's that 
disgusting poster where it's all those women's disembodied women's hands all over him. Mm. And it's like mm. it's like a Marshabelsky. I love a wo- when a woman is just a body part. More of that. Well, yeah, it's Marshabelsky, no face, like oh, a, yes. a faceless woman. Yes. Yeah. I want to check in. It's summer of cunt to the clumps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are we doing this summer? Let's let's get let's go around the table. Matt, you both you, looked you at start. me. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um, Let's see. I have definitely lived a little life over the past five I months. I think you really have. Um, I don't know. What have you been doing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have experienced life in a new culture. I love it. And I actually grew to really enjoy that. And the space I was given to be like examining my personal life definitely made me a little crazy there for a minute. Okay, mm-hmm. definitely made me a little crazy there for a minute. I've had some experiences with men that have left me shook. So it's the it's this the fact that you had the space to examine yourself that was crazy making. Well, here's the thing. I think had I like been doing my thing and also like once the other two room ended, mm-hmm. I was still in Los Angeles for a little while. And so then I was kind of like there for a few couple weeks just because I, I, I scheduled a couple weeks at the end of my L.A. trip so I could take meetings and hang out. And I wanted to enjoy the weather and just be there for a little while. You wanted while. to enjoy. I wanted, I wanted to, to enjoy. enjoy. And so in that time, I let myself get absolutely hung up on one guy that I hooked up with. I had something go on here and then I felt like a true 19-year-old for someone that really didn't necessarily deserve that of me. I don't think he did. And that, and and so it doesn't matter how real it is or not, but it just I because I was given the space to do that, I was cuckoo. Then without saying like too 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 much, like a friendship developed into something and now I'm going to like see what happens. Which, and so which, now I'm kind of like. That sounds very nice and grounded and, and cool and actually very mature. And I have been really waiting for something nice and grounded and cool and mature. And I just hope that that um, continues to be the case. Um, but it's just but like, just it's interesting too? new feelings. And so I think that was also a little bit of an element of an element of why I was upset to come back. Something I didn't expect to happen happened. Okay. Also, though, I think that. In a lot of like what you're doing now, and because there's so many changes and there's so much sim- stimulation, and it almost like kind of feels to me like you going to LA was like almost like college point two. It's like a big new social scene mm-hmm. that you are a part of. Felt like a semester abroad. Yeah, exactly. And like you're falling into this. And I also feel like something that you could marinate on, and it doesn't have to be right and it can change, but. Listen to yourself when you talk about what you want, Mm -hmm. because I think that you don't really know what you want and that you 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 can sense something happening. But then also sometimes you go back into yourself and you're like, well, this is who I really am or this is my lifestyle that I like. And I'm not saying that there's like a right Mm -hmm. or wrong answer, but I do feel like something that you could meditate on is like. What am I looking for? Yeah, I mean, yes. yes. I think I think I think honestly it's it's hard right now to even think about what you want while things change so much. Because you know what I mean? Like it's just so much is changing right now and that's it's great mm-hmm. and it's exciting, but Yeah, but sometimes you just have to be like everything is in flux right now and like especially when you're traveling and doing a bunch of stuff, you just kind of sometimes have to be like Wait. Yeah. All parties involved are playing everything very cool, and I'm grateful for That's that. That's great. Um, I think maybe what Sudi's saying is, and I think I'm butchering the actual like 
terminology here, but it's like narrative self versus experiential self. Yes. Where it's like you got to lead with the narrative self where you, you got to know what your story is, like what the story of you is right now in this mm-hmm. moment. Like story. I, the story of you has never been told. What is the story of you and who is the author of it? Is it you? I think it is me. Yeah, I don't think it's God. I, don't I will tell you God. this. I did something last night that I never do. What? Which is I dismissed someone. Oh, I Matt told me about this. Yeah. So there was someone. That this person that, that you've met. This person okay, yeah. decided that. You know, the, you know what you're talking about? Yeah. This yeah. person decided they were going to hook up with me and Bowen. I love coded podcast language. I love this. Oh. I love it on this and I love it on Seek Treatment because I'm listening and I'm doing my own detective work and I'm putting together the pieces and I always wonder if other people are doing it too. And right now we're in coded podcast language and yeah. I'm loving it. Oh, but the thing is like um, this person decided they were going to try to make romantic advancements on Bowen and Matt Rogers. No. And I said that's not cool. And when I saw him I said you need to Understand that's not okay, and you need to now turn away from me and walk away. Don't you love it when you have the moral high ground? It yes, is so I do. Electrifying when somebody has done something objectively wrong, and you get to dress them. And down. I never do that okay. because I, know, I don't think I'm the kind of person that does that. But I felt I felt that that this needed to be. There have said. been a couple moments because why life. are you trying to fuck up my? Why are you trying yeah. to fuck up my friendship? Because honestly, even if that wasn't the intent, it it wasn't not an uncomfortable moment w- for me and Bowen. And it was a very uncomfortable moment. And, and just get the fuck out because you do not matter in the grand scheme of this. I'm pointing to you and I. Yeah, yeah. So get, do not think that you are going to have anything to do with any drama here. Bye. We, we Go. are family. We are fam- family. And I truly i mean for me my issue with this person and it didn't end terribly but i just had to be very clear and i had to be like these are the boundaries that i've had to redefine again and again for you and i would hope that you respect those um and so yeah that was my it's just like that was crazy okay and i I felt proud of myself that i could do that and i don't think me six months ago would have been able to stand up for myself like that i think i would have tried to be congenial and be like it's okay i understand people make mistakes but that person like tried to hurt us you don't think that you and i at some point though could share not share a a lover but like absolutely not really i don't want to do that i don't want that to be part of our our story i think if you i think here's 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 what i think if i were to hook up with someone Mm -hmm. and then whatever you told me, like this means something to me, I would give you that blessing. <laughs> I might feel about it a certain way, but I, right. and I think, I think ma- that's the difference too. Like, uh, it's like, do you feel like you, this is really worth it? And this is a future with yes, somebody. Yes, yes. Or yeah. You have a sure. real connection or is it just like getting your dick wet? Sure. I mean, I sure. will flat out say right now, my ex-boyfriend now dates my, one of my best friends from college and someone I roommate, I was his roommate in college. It was one of the stupidest things I've ever gone through. It was emotionally insane but are they better together and happy together and should they should they be that absolutely sure, but when something is real yeah you step to the side great yeah. you do okay. and that is the difference so you ask could we ever share someone like that absolutely if it meant something to you yes. okay great don't you agree i agree i totally agree but i've just i this thing i knew was like a frivolous thing and, and so i was just like you know what 
Go learn and get some life experience away go from me learn. and my best friend. Go, go learn. learn. Go learn. Go learn. And, and, and reader, if you're interested in, in Bone Yang or Matt Rogers or both, you got to pick. You got to pick one. <laughs> go learn. Go learn, though. Go learn first. I don't want no unlearns. No, ma'am. I don't want no unlearns. Okay. No, ma'am. But so, anyway, uh, yeah. I, and then, you know, professionally... Now I'm kind of, but it's so summer, funny that summer, summer of cunt. cunt uh, even like, what is it? Last year it was like, we were all single for the first time. Yeah. And we're all single. I'm for, still we're all single. single. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Has it been like a flat year for us? No, that's not true. But I'm just saying like, you've had no, some pursuits, but there's no displacement from when we were starting from summer of cunt last year. I think a lot of things have changed from summer of cunt last year. Profesh. Yeah. Sure. And like in terms of like the way we live our day to day. For all three of us. Big time. Absolutely. Um, I, I would say I also went up. I think Summer of Cunt is also slightly about fitness. Ugh. No, ma'am. I get Here's it. my thing. Here's my thing that I've been thinking about. Go. Vis-a-vis fitness. Ipso facto. Ergo. And you have been thinking about it. I.e. Well, I have psycho moments of being so hard on my body and I was having a moment this weekend where I was talking to Matt and I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get it together and I'm going to be one of those people and I'm going to be one of those people that has like a transformation and changes my body and my lifestyle and all of this stuff. And I, you called me out and you were like kind of like the fourth or fifth time I brought this up and we were in the pool and you were like, Sudi, why are you talking like this? Like if the Sudi I knew in college heard you talking about this, you would be like, fuck that. Like, you know, like, yes, why are you I did say that. I was like, you know, the younger version of you would think that you're one of those girls right now. I and I have, want you to have I want you to like be happy with what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, of I, course. Like, yeah. Also, the thing about my body is that I have been the same weight since college. I mm-hmm. mean, it has really never changed that much. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt bad about it but also always never really done too much about like you know let me really change my diet Mm -hmm. or like you know I go everybody goes through like little periods of like I'm doing it but I think that this is something that nobody really talks about especially in our industry Mm -hmm. because it is a fact it's just taken as like a fact of society or a fact of social media or whatever but it is unchecked value in appearance. There is such an issue with unchecked value in appearance and giving people snaps and clicks when they show up fabulous, when they get snatched. You know what I mean? And it causes such a psychosis in such smart people, deep people, intelligent people. And I grew up with a mom who would say looks don't matter. She would say it all the time. Like Mm -hmm. anytime some of us got complaining about whatever, she had two daughters and she was just like, looks don't matter. Looks don't matter. And I don't know if anybody heard that when they were kids. Maybe I was lucky to hear that when I was a kid, but I just feel like it, it takes up so much of our brains. And I, I've been thinking that I should really just like write down how many times I have a negative thought about my body in a, in a day, day because I think it would be staggering. Mm-hmm. And that's not who I am. No. That's not who I am. But what do you think made <sighs> that, what do you think changed that? I think social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, absolutely. you know, pulling a look. I feel like there's, and I love when people pull looks and, and when people, I love to look good and I like fashion and it, it's a way to express yourself and express mm-hmm. your personal style. And I think all of those things are good, but then it comes into like a zone of like, 
it's something that feels mandatory and therefore it feels like not a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you and you and I at the Christmas party this year were like, let's get dressed and let's go out in the hall and take pictures of each other, which is not a, which is not like a morally bad thing to begin with. It's not it's not this. It it does kind of feed into some aspect of unchecked, uh, uh, like appreciation of beauty. But uh-huh. it's also like, would we have done that? Like had social media not be like, I mean, was no, social media we wouldn't thing, have. You know? And I also think it's like. The thing that bums me out is a lot of people that I know that are really, really smart and really intelligent. And we talk about the appearance of them or whatever Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, much. mm -hmm. And then I just think sometimes, are we being shallow? Is that person a shallow person? Is this a shallow conversation? We never talk about being shallow. Mm. And guess what? All of us are. are, Absolutely. Do you ever think about the fact that because we were coming up when Facebook was popular and there were so many pictures of you in your photo section. Mm -hmm. Whereas now with Instagram, you put up one a day or a few, every few days. And it, how many likes that one gets is kind of like the barometer for how you feel right now. Mm-hmm, and you're re- mm-hmm. you're really choosing to represent represent yourself much more singularly or much less often. Well, you're commodifying also like everything about yourself, your personal life, what you do in a day versus your art. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. And so it's like it's like a weird thing where it's like like the comedian Instagram of it all, yeah. where it's like you know, are you doing bits all the time, or are you posting a nice picture of yourself that was professionally taken? But I think there might be something to this thing of social media over the past few years. I think it's specifically you can link it to Instagram, because Instagram you put up one picture or one story or whatever, and then people respond or they don't, and you get good engagement on it or you don't. Whereas Facebook was kind of like. Of course, you got likes on Facebook pictures, but there were so much content on Facebook. Yeah. Whereas, like on Instagram, it's kind of like you have Instagram a little website. Just pictures, right? It's just pictures. That's so the whole it, point it's of it. Uh, it, and that means what we're judging it on is aesthetics only. Yeah, and especially as you get older and like. Um, you see kind of your peers pop off and like get access to nicer clothes and like, you know, are able to focus time on their bodies and stuff. It's, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound judgmental because I also think like a lot of people just naturally do that. And I also feel like, you know, a lot of people have issues with their bodies and that's always going to be something that they focus on. And, you know, yeah, that my thing is when it becomes feels starts to feel compulsory. Yes. Yes. You know, where it starts to like part of your day. Yeah. Part of your day. And also, like, if I go to an event or if I go to something fancy and I feel like I'm not taking the right picture or if a lot of my time is spent taking a picture or whatever, or if the validation of event is those likes, which mm-hmm. I've been in a oh, lot yeah. where it's like you go to the Emmys and the Emmys are not that fun. It's like a big, weird high school party. The fun of it <laughs> is like getting dressed up and getting, and getting the goddamn likes. Yeah. But it's not reality. I know. Wow. But like, what is like the checked version of that then? Like, you know, like, how do you? I mean, I feel like what Matt said to me the other day, which was like, why are you talking like this about yourself? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I really needed to hear that in that moment because Mm -hmm. I was spinning out. And it's right. It's not like me. Well, I wouldn't have brought it up had it not been. I, I just feel like it's something that feels like it's top of mind for you. And. I actually think it might be a response to A, what you're saying with social media and B, you having a lot of stuff going on. And it's that thing of like, well, what is it that I have going on outside of this? And so I think, I mean, I've been obsessing about my body too over the past like mm, year. Like, like I was really unhappy with it. Like the last half of last year 
like just tied to a lot of depression I was having at the time. And then I sort of like started to kind of like myself again in November, December. And then I was in the gym in December and January and not for nothing, but really made that a focus and sort of like started to really like the way I was looking. Then went to Los Angeles and kind of lost that. But there is something to making those small little changes. You do, you do feel better. So that's why I think it almost is like, it's not unhealthy to talk about this stuff no. because dietary change, that's good for you in so many ways. Well, mm-hmm. everybody knows that like healthy foods and exercise will make you feel better. Everybody Absolutely. knows that. You know what I mean? And, yes. But I, I feel like also though that how many times have you and I or anybody gotten, gone through a period of like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it's a momentary period and that makes us feel better. And then life, stress, work gets in the way. It's not our priority anymore. And it's not like linear. I mean, that's my thing, which no, is like, how much, yeah. how much has my body actually changed? Mm-hmm. And why have I felt bad about it this whole time? Right, huh? right. It's always something else. And I think yeah. it's like these things are good to think about because it's great to think I have a fitness goal yeah. or it's great to have I is have a diet. Yes, it? It, yeah, I think is it, it is. I think it is. I think it is. I, I think know. it's fine. I disagree. I think that it can be I can I think it can be a distraction. And I think that we're all told we're all in the self-improvement cycle because that's how we buy things. And we're constantly told that also because diet culture had a negative stigma um, on it, now it's all about wellness. And mm-hmm. so those same things, which is like, you know, eat this herb or like, you know, have this tea and it's healthy for you, but it's really all about losing weight. And I do think that it becomes a focus and a distraction for people. And I think sometimes it's healthy to be like, I don't have a fitness goal. Well, oh, I think wait. having a fitness goal is different than compuls- than a compulsory um demand in your brain at all times to think about your body. I mean, I think, I I think they're two different things. Having a goal and then sometimes not meeting that goal is fine because it, why, what do you, what do you think? No, nothing. I'm just like, I'm letting it hit me and I'm just like, I'm, I'm fully falling victim to this this week. And like in particular, like on Weight Watchers, like crazy logging all my stuff, went to soul cycle yesterday, but it wasn't because it was like, I'm going to be more fit. It was the, I was like, I'm going to like look snatched this week because it's pride. I'm just kind of like, when do we get off the wheel? That's the thing. It's like, and I understand we all do it. Everybody diets or whatever. And, and, and you have goals and you want to look good and you want to feel good. And, and that's fine. But, but sometimes I just feel like that's the only conversation we're having. You know, and it's just widely accepted that your friend would just be eating less because they don't feel good about themselves. And mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just when do you get off the wheel? When do you stop buying the workout classes? Do you never stop buying it? Do you never stop thinking, I want this. Now I have that. I want this. I want to have that. Especially if you are given praise mm-hmm. and validation for your looks at a young age, you don't know how to get that validation. And from from something else or right. it's ingrained in you. I mean, it's an uphill battle. I feel like there is such a huge system at work to make us constantly think about fitness, exercise, diet. I do think even despite individuals and what it's done for people and that, you know, people who have good intentions, the overall system the is way it's to get your money yeah. and behind it is behind that system to get your money is like how impervious it is in our brains. Well, we were just talking to Betty Gilpin about this 
Um, and she said that she goes on late night shows. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really interesting. Yeah. She goes on late night shows and gets her hair and makeup done for two hours. And literally people are like, you know, really kind of like focusing on making her look like the TV star mm-hmm. for her, you know, Jimmy Kimmel interview. And then she does a seven or eight minute Kimmel interview. And there's no comment on the fact that like this just happened to get her ready for this. You know what I mean? And you think about that and you think every single time you see someone on a late night show, someone has worked to get them to the place where they are television ready. Yeah. You know, these people that are on Instagram, they have worked to get that picture in the place where it can be mm-hmm. up to their standards or up to your and standards. And there's never nary a comment no. on the fact on the work. Except for like thanks to my glam. But yeah. it's just baseline what those people do. And I do think because of social media and reality TV, we now know what goes behind all of that. And it's 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 trickled down to everyday people. I think that's also the thing, which is like Kim Kardashian selling body makeup, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, <laughs> that's something that, you know, celebrities wear when they're on camera and yeah, I want to cover this blemish or whatever, or like it makes my legs look nice, which is like, sure, you're on camera, you're on a world stage, but are you really telling me that I'm going to walk down my damn day with paint on my legs? Mm-hmm. Is that like the next thing? Mm. I mean, that. if we allow it to be, yes. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Kardashians are the tastemakers of beauty. And that is something that I've had a problem with from the beginning. Warped. And it's yeah. very warped. And I mean, they are literally warped. And I'm not going to be sitting here saying, the Kardashians are problematic. It's like, the culture is problematic. Mm-hmm. We have chosen yeah. them. We picked them. Because we didn't have to pick them. We did. This is so dark. I know it's dark. It's dark. Um, Matt and I were in Nantucket. We were in a free hotel on a gorgeous pool. There was not a cloud in the sky and we're in the pool and I'm going, we're living in hell. (laughs) Society is hell. We are. it, It is. I was just like going down the list and I was like, you know, we have we have mass inherited trauma oh and the God, and the patriarchy see. is at a peak and it's just like it's just cruelty and cruelty and cruelty and yeah, but the, not but a then, cloud in the, the damn, sky in Nantucket in the bougiest place I've ever been. But like it's fine to do that though. I know, and like and you hear Sudi talk about this and you're just like, Oh, that's the smartest person in the well, world. Well, no. the thing is Sudi said to me, you know why Sudi okay, this is classic. What? So we Mad Men was huge when we were in college. Yes, I remember. And Sudi turns to me and she goes, Mad Men is so good because they understand that human life is suffering. <laughs> yeah. Sudi was twenty one. <laughs> Mad Men understands it's emotional stakes without murder. It's not Game of Thrones. It's not drugs. It's not um, what is the Brian Cranston drug show? Breaking Bad. It's not Breaking Bad. (laughs) It was just uh, people hurting each other by hurt, and that is what life is. It is deep disappointment, and the reason why (laughs) I compartmentalize, the reason why people are afraid to cry, is because we understand that if we tap into that well of how hard Uh, everything is, some of us are afraid that we aren't going to come back from it. You never say thank you! That's what the money is for! Um, I have have been so much happier since I started identifying as a crier. I I love that for you. I wish I was more of a crier. I cry constantly. I love that. Even I'm here encouraging that. Like people that I just meet, I'll cry in front of. You know what's fucked up? You know what I just thought? What? I can't cry. I have too much work to do. <laughs> That's my whole life. Oh, come on, Sudi. That's insane. We've seen we've seen, we've all seen each other low, low, low. I mean, I've yeah, had two bad. and a half mental breakdowns in Sudi's office at SNL. 
and she has fully just been there just to hold my fucking hand, and she has saved my goddamn life. I had I had emotional breakdowns in front of you. We've all we've yeah. literally that's like what we do for fun now is yeah. like we don't like I feel like the only time that we're not like having a a deep like deep probing emotional monologue at each other is like when we're at Disney World. <laughs> It is like, and that's or when why we're I watching go. Housewives. Yeah, honestly, the Disney thing, my fis- my facts, <laughs> my fascination and fixation with Disney has made so much more sense to me over time. Yeah, like it's, in it's, the last it's year, emotional escapism. It's emotional escapism. It's my inner child being allowed to run free. It's a zone where no one can tell me I'm not. I'm not happy. The production value, and it's the production value, and also I love the zero G feeling in my tummy. <laughs> It's fun. And I love the cheeseburgers. Wait, when we were yeah. in... Okay, so... I love an what? excuse to just be it. Yeah. When we went to Nantucket, there was this... I know. I mean... <laughs> no, I love it. It's it's psycho that it's I Disney get to World say the, 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 the conversation. Well, you know what it is? I think Nantucket is France for Americans. Yes, it the, is. Whoa. It is the whitest place I've ever yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I've been to some white ass places. And you and you literally literally we were um at this uh beer oh garden God. by the water. And people thought you were married. And Sudi said, Sudi goes, um, there is not a non one person here. Not one person. Here. person and here. then I said, over there. And literally we was saw it? one black person. Saw, and then I said, look over there. And so now we're pointing and staring <laughs> at, at, the people, of at people of color because we're like, oh, look, there's one. And so it was just the worst possible. And then I go, okay, now we're pointing at black men and saying, look, okay, <laughs> not a good we look. we got to stop. <laughs> um, but, okay, this is a stupid story. But go. So I'm on this like journey of Nantucket and I'm like, you know, going to this event and I sat at a table at this event um, with Brittany Snow. God bless her. She was so lovely. And it was Heidi Gardner, Heidi's husband and um, two other people. And it was kind of like I joke that we were at a wedding for nobody. It was just kind of like we're all at this event and we're making some small talk. Yeah. But it was one of those things where like somebody was filling up your wine glass when mm-hmm. you weren't looking and they mm-hmm. would just like fill it up and fill it up and fill it up. Dangerous. And the party is wrapping up. And this was something that was like one of my day after being drunk, like panic thoughts. But I just remember talking about how much I love Disney World to the table, mostly at Britney Snow <laughs> and screaming the production value. <laughs> Yes, that makes me so happy to hear. And I can hear your voice. The production value. Yeah, the production so bad, value. Bad. Was she into it? Was Britney Snow into it? She was like, get me the hell out of here. And also oh, it was that oh, thing no. where it's like, ball is, oh, I always feel like the ball is in my court. I'm like, we're at a table. Not everybody knows each other. Okay. what? Everybody we, go around the table and, you know, the, say your favorite vacation the spot. The three of us are conversational maximalists. Yeah, yeah I am. just I add, 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 add. I'm, I'm, I'm either there or... Or I'm like, you know, and a nothing. We think more is more, and bitch, sometimes it ain't. It no, I wasn't. find that even if people think that, they they will realize soon that it is. More is more. Because I'm the Morris. More is Morris. You're, You're the, the Morris. Of them all. I'm the I'm the less of the I'm the least of the Morris. Morris. Yeah, I would I would even move to. Well, can I tell you? Okay, so this was a funny story. Okay, so Sudi and I. No, yeah. it has to do with Disneyland actually. Okay, so post last summer of cunt recording. Yeah, Sudi was writing for the first season of Shrill, and I went out there to visit her, mm-hmm. and it was a heat wave in Portland. No, oh L A. This yes, was in L A. Yes, yes, yes. 
At, yeah, the Disneyland in Portland we went to. No, I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> so we went to Disneyland. Don't attack him. It was the hottest day of the year. It was 107 <laughs> degrees. I'm here for you. And we were, we went right, we got stoned, of course, as we are wont to yes. do. We went right for the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride. We oh, get in line. Remember, yeah. Oh, my God. We get I'm in getting, line. I have panic attack just thinking about I this. remember that. We get in line. This girl me? Uh-huh. <laughs> comes up behind us. She's in line. And we're in line for about five minutes. <laughs> and it's going to be about a 30-minute wait. So she starts talking to us. It becomes clear that she's there by herself. Oh. She says she's from Alaska. Oh. Her husband couldn't come, but she loves to, when she's down here to come to Disneyland, she loves to do it. I said, that's amazing. We introduce ourselves. She says a name back. Sudi hears one name. I hear another. Yeah. So that sets I a reality. I hear Becky. And I hear Fuffy. Beffy. No, you heard Ducky. Ducky. I heard Ducky. So we heard Becky and Ducky. And then and I was I like, positive it's Ducky because how do you mishear Ducky? But then I was like, there's maybe it was no, Bucky? There's no way it's Ducky. I heard clear as glass her say, my name's Ducky. Clear as glass. She clear was a very glass. nice woman. Yes. And so we we are talking to her. We're, do- we're talking to her. We both think she has two different names. We finally get on the ride and they say, how many in your party? And I say, oh. you know what? Three. Oh my God. She goes, God. really? <laughs> I say, yeah, we're three. We're just right together. We've been together, right? Yeah, we she were goes, talking to her for uh, 20 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. So we do this ride. Wonderful. Yeah. It's so fun. The production value. Yeah. The production value. The way the little raccoon is a puppet, but also he hides. It's great. Yeah. So then we're getting on. Um, she says, what ride are you going to next? And oh. I say, and we said, we're, we're going to Cars. Yeah. The Cars ride. She goes, I was going to head over to Cars. <sighs> it, it, There's a pause. And then. Oh, yes. Matt goes. I Ducky, would you like to come to Cars with us? And she goes. Yes. So we go over there and we're waiting. Oh, well, there was a ride that wasn't working. We went to the Incredicoaster. It wasn't working. It was oh, too yes. hot for that real coaster. She was. So she was, she was disappointed she and we were all really disappointed. Upset. She wanted to do it. Bad. She was like, yeah. oh, oh no. Yeah. And then we said, well, we're going to do this one. She goes, okay, me too. And so then we all go. We do the single riders. We all... It, it gets to the point where they're going to put me and Ducky Becky in <laughs> one car and Sudi in another. And I just go, no, we're going in the same car. And she understood that. While we're in the car, Sudi turns to me and goes, we have to get rid of Becky. I was like, what? What's her name? She said, Becky. I said, no, it's Ducky. She said, I'm positive it's Becky. And I said, I'm positive it's Ducky. She said, you're positive it's Ducky. Ducky? Who wrote, I'm sorry, who wrote A Good Man is Hard to Find, that, that short story collection, that famous um, short story writer from the from the 50s? Reader, he's not looking at me. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I wait. don't can fucking you, Emma, know. Emma, can you Google this? Um, this is a fucking short story out of her book. And I'm sorry, I keep going. I'm, I didn't well, okay, so like literally we spend an hour plus with this woman. Yeah. She's also having too fun a time. Yes, Flannery, yeah. this is a Flannery O'Connor sto- short story. So basically, she, she's Sudi having turns too me, good of a time because we're too fun. She goes, we got to get rid of her. I'm like, I'm actually shocked that you have not ter- made a hard line I know, I would expect Sudi well, to be Well, Sudi had her vacation face on. Yeah. And so she was being... Don't as hell. I was being, of course, more as more maximalist, conversationalist, yeah. being like, let's be nice to this girl. She'll leave on her own at some point. Uh-huh. For sure. It was not happening. Yep. We had reservations at a restaurant. So eventually we just said, 
Which Matt told her that we were going. Well, to I told her. And I was like, and she's okay, well, like, we're actually going to go. We, 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 were, we were like, we're, this is over now. We're going to go. So then she got both of our emails Oh, and never emailed us. But that was, it was so much time. And that was the risk you take when you are, when you are a more is more maximalist, maximalist conversationalist. Wow. She was very nice. Very nice, but it was getting to the point where it was like I know. It was cuckoo. Yeah, it was Socially, you left. A ha- you're supposed to leave a half Socially, hour. Socially, the cue's done. Been laid. Done. Been laid. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Interesting. But listen. But listen. We had a great time there, and you're going to come with us again in, in August. I think so. Okay. Um. Wait. Can we just? Can we just? Um. Did we? Did we cover Studio Summer of Kanto? What's your summer of Kanto? You're going to be in Portland for July and August. That's your your summer of Kant is going to be Portland. My summer of cunt is basically where I'm at is um, could never, like, imagine, I'm going to take you on a fantasy. Uh-huh. Imagine liking someone. Come on, I think you're going to meet someone Romantically. I can I imagine mean, it. I haven't even had nary a crush. Nary a single dalliance of a crush besides one that I recently ended in my mind by unfollowing them on Instagram because... Mm-hmm. Think they posted a story of their girlfriend and it hurt too much. Oh, and also sorry. they were getting too hot. A person I don't know, by the way. Got it. A person I don't know and invented. Did you tell but me? Do you a person I've, that, met, I've met once. Don't you dare say a word. I would more. literally. We never. can't do the coded podcast. Oh no. Yet. Okay. Fine. 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 But nary a crush. Uh huh. And I just feel that that is okay. And I. I'm just moving along and I'm going to Portland and I'm going to be living my goddamn Portland life and I'm going to have Saturday and Sunday off, which will be electrifying. Yeah. Imagine. You can go to a bar. And you'll be there working on Trill. And I'll be there working on Trill, which will be so fun and so many fun people work on it. And it's fun when you shoot on location because it's like summer camp. It's It's like like summer camp. We all just know each other. Will Patty Harrison be there the whole time? Yeah. There you go. That's and and so look, it'll be a fun fucking crew. It'll be good friends. It'll be fun. I, I feel like I this that. is true. It's like when things are going well, you freak out about the stuff that you don't have in your life. I'm single, so a thing that I tend to focus on is like that. Um, you know, I don't spend enough time with my friends, or like <clears throat> you know, my friends are gone, you were gone, and like you know, I have fewer friends in New York than I used to, or my social time. And I'm trying to trick my brain into just being like. Don't worry about those things. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about those things. Yeah, that's keep, good. Because also, like, it's good and it's fine. And it's fine. And you're it's fine. doing great. And you practice gratitude and that begets more joy and, you know, all that. And now we turn to you. Uh, this is a thing that I'm kind of talking through in therapy. Um, one time, did I tell you this? I was telling, I was talking to my therapist about, like, I have all these really, like, intense intense meetings and flings with these guys who are either going to move to another city or live mm. in another city or um, are kind of just, there's an, there, there's some transient, there's some transients there, some, some, some element of like, well, this is only temporary. And so therefore the stakes are either are both lower and higher for me to be like, well, the stakes are lower so that I can just be more honest with you and say, this is how I feel about you because my time is limited. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And then the stakes are higher because, so it's like, um, let's do as much as we can. Right, right. So it's accelerated. So it's accelerated. And then, so there's that on one end. And then on the other is, I'm going on dates with people here where I'm just like, they're perfectly great people on paper, but the fact that they're here and that they're available 
kills any scary. interest. It's scary to you. It's not that scary. It's just that I'm like not when interested. it's easy, you don't want it. And that's it. And it's like and 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 I and then like my therapist yesterday was like, "Why do you want a boyfriend?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then the best answer I could come up with was um, to supplement my life that I already have because a lot of things in my life are going well. And she goes, supplement? What, what an interesting word. Can you explain that? And I was just like, hmm. I guess uh, a met- I'm going to draw a metaphor right now. These guys that I'm on these short flings with are like, are like painkillers. They're like Vicodin. And then the a boyfriend would be like a vitamin. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between like something sustained and something that's like mm-hmm. helps as opposed to soothes. Helps as opposed mm-hmm. to soothes. Helps is 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 not you scratching an itch. It's just you like keeping your permanence going, like making your whole body holistically better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I, I guess I'm just not ready for the vitamins, and I only want well, Vicodin. I also feel like in our society, relationships are an accomplishment. Yeah, finding a partner is to be applauded. Yes, it's framed as an accomplishment. Finding love and somebody you want to commit to is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's like the word accomplishment I'm using really specifically mm-hmm. because it feels like an accolade. Yes. And I feel because of that, a lot of people, especially women, settle. <gasps> because it's that thing that if you don't have is you didn't get that trophy. You didn't get that ring literally and I think love is beautiful and I think commitment is beautiful and that is like true and I don't want to take away from that and that can be such a gorgeous gorgeous thing to have in your life and mm-hmm. honestly a fucking miracle yes it really and I'm is. not taking away from that and that truth and that beauty it's the frame of it yes especially when it's like we're moving in together and we're getting married and these steps and that steps and I catch myself in that line of thinking all the time, which I never thought that I yeah. would be that girl. God. I never thought. I never thought. God, this is, I mean, you know what? Sudi's our fucking Fran Leibowitz, you know? Like, oh. she, she, what a thinker, what a mind. Mm. God damn it, Sudi. I wish I could shut the fuck up. No. I always think that. No. I'm in my house and I'm just like, I wish I could shut the hell up. In terms of your brain doing too yeah. much? Yeah, I mean, I'm an overthinker we'll du jour. Yeah, yeah. I think what also, like, I listen to, um, I don't know, I just think, like, in the times that we're in, and there's just, like, a lot of, like, so much trauma, so much anxiety in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a dark, dark time, and it feels like it's only getting worse, and I constantly feel bad, and I'm just trying to figure out why. Can I ask you a question? Therapy. Do you think... I'm not either. And can. now that I'm back, I, I do want to go, go, but now I don't know where I'm going to be staying. Can I ask you a question? Do you think that the fact that you are obs- sort of obsessing over this thing could have to do with the fact that you write on Shrill? Oh. Oh, about like body stuff? Yes. I mean, totally. I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, conversations that we have in the writer's room. I think it's like, you know, in college, but it's been an idea that has been in my mind for a long time. And I'm definitely not the only one thinking about it. Mm-hmm. In college, I took this women in media class that really blew my mind. And we read this book that's a very famous book by Naomi Wolf called The Beauty Myth. And it truly blew my mind because it just broke down, you know, how beauty is an industry and there are billions and billions and billions of dollars 
focused on women feeling bad about themselves Mm -hmm. so that they will buy more products. It is a distraction that makes us weaker. It is, um, it's, 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 it's an effort to control us. And, you know, there was just a New York times op-ed about this. And I'm also like, you know, there's now this like intuitive eating movement. I'm not the only one thinking about this, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I think that it was something that I had always thought of because, you know, I'm trying to be a fucking woke ass feminist bitch, Mm -hmm. but, um, definitely shrill makes me think about it. It makes me really proud that I'm on a show that talks about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about what it must feel like to, to work on a show that this is very much like a central idea. And then also work at SNL, which is you have to think about the reality and the dark darkness of the world. Right. You know what I mean? It's like those two things are, Maybe the fact this is not to me therapize uh-huh. you or whatever the word would be, but you know, um, armchair the fact that analyze. armchair analyze the fact that those two things hold such a thing. I mean, you are literally working yeah. with those ideas. I mean, writing on the other two, I found that um, after it wrapped, once I was given the space to think about relationship stuff, mm-hmm. I really was because you know, in the show, the character so deals with a lot of relationship mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I think that it can be just so. Uh, liberating on the one hand to be to see dark days in politics and talk about it on SNL mm-hmm. to see dark days for women and talk about it on Shrill and you know everything in between I also feel like I've always been the type of person where I'm like give me the truth mm-hmm. I want to see yeah, yeah I, I always want to know awake. too I want to yeah. be out of the cage I yeah. want to know the cage mm-hmm. and I said this to you the other day or like a couple weeks ago which was like what? I can't be friends with liberated with women who aren't liberated anymore <laughs> I well, can't do it. I always say Sudi is the one who first showed me all the Pepsi cans. Ah, uh, for um, X Factor. I, made I remember. You awake. I said, I said to her, <laughs> I love the X. Come Factor. over and watch the X Factor. I love it. And there was a scene where a, a girl in a short skirt sang a song for Simon Cowell in his backyard, and she said, "Look at all the Pepsi cans. Look how they, they slowly like pan up and they down. slowly Everything. pan up her body, and in every shot, there's a Pepsi can everywhere. And I was like, no. And I was like. <laughs> She was like, yes. And I was like, no, no, no. And she was like, yes. And human life is suffering. It was just, you know, it was just Pepsi. But you know what you used to do, which I think is, is you've grown so much in this way is that I remember because I think also like it's just our upbringings or whatever, what we were interested in. We were just sort of in different places and I feel like as you became more politically aware and more aware of just kind of everything going around you, in the beginning, you used to resist it and go like, well, now I feel stupid and I feel wrong yeah. for not seeing it. And that was your reaction a lot. And I got to say, you do not you do that, that anymore at anymore. all. I used to say that. I don't even remember saying no, that. You, like, you would get defensive. We would mm-hmm. like, like and I, you know, would, would tell you something about, well, that's actually how this works. Like we, we would probably. Because we're assholes. Because yeah, I, I was about to say, we probably came, came at it from the wrong angle too. But then like, yeah, I would remember. Two 20 year olds being like, well, actually. And then your. When my class just told me. I know. Truly. And then you, but then your, your knee jerk thing was like, well, I didn't know that. And now I feel worse for not knowing. Hmm. And now I don't think you ever, ever, ever go to that place anymore, which I think is perfect. I see you. I am oh my God. I, you just finished less. I think Matt should read less. 
Yes. I've been told that I should read this book a million times. Oh, you're going to fucking so love good. it. And Sudi so texts incredible. me right at, at and the ending is beautiful and I cry every time I read it. I feel that we drifted away from your summer of cunt. Oh, no, that's all I got to say. It's like I'm just like f- fully all over the place emotionally and I I'm feeling a little overworked, but not the, not at the same extent as Sudi is. But I just have these things where You don't where have I, to say that. You're allowed to feel just overworked. I'm sequentially overworked whereas whereas like you're probably like everything's happening at the same time. I love to be busy. I like being busy, but I'm also like, I fetishized my time off for so long while we were, while the season was on. And I was like, I'm going to have a couple months to myself. I can't wait. And then I literally got this and I'm so grateful to get the job. But like, I got this job like three weeks after we wrapped and I moved into a new apartment and that swallowed up all my time. And I just didn't really have a chance to like, but I do think it's good to like check in on ourselves because for so long we complained about not having the careers that we have I know, and I know. now you well, know yeah, I, I think we got to check ourselves sometimes and be like yeah I am so busy but like also like that's is that interesting I mean another thing we just talked about <laughs> yes, with with Betty was like those times when you struggle in your 20s and you're like fuck I wish I was like successful I wish I had money I wish I mm-hmm. like was on I wish I had a TV credit I wish I got JFL, you know, I wish, I wish yeah, this, I wish yeah. I worked on SNL, like mm-hmm. I, it, it, all these things. And then you look back and you were like, um, actually those were really good times. Yeah. You know, totally. those times when we would travel with like pop roulette and go to different cities and stuff. And, and like, I throw was up, saying, throw out, throw up out of an Uber and then we would, I would her. just throw up basically <laughs> in all the cities that we would travel in the land. She's a, th- so the thing about Sudi Green is there. when she drinks, Love. she throws up. And but and I'm always and I, I love nothing more than to be there for her. Yeah, one hundred percent. See, not me. I can't. When people puke around me, it's a game over. No, well, I'm I'm there. It's bad and nasty, and I also am the kind of puker who's like immediately like, I'm sorry, I'm cleaning up, I'm sorry, I'm cleaning up, like drunkenly with paper towels. That's me. But that's that's the way. It is. No, but that's where we came from, and and. And I do. But poverty is never fun. Poverty is not fun. It's never fun. You know what I was just realizing uh, the other day? Like, remember when we went to South Carolina? We went like and um, we were in Charleston and there was that really nice restaurant. Husk. Husk. We were all going to go to Husk. And then you and Sudi and I couldn't go because we were too poor. So funny. We had no we had no money. I had no business going there either, but I was deluded. I was like, I'm going to go and overdraft. Well, your thing is you've always been really good with your money. You've always spent it on the exact right things. I'm spending well, you've a- always had expensive taste. I know. I know. I'll never forget, forget that sweatshirt. Maison Kitsune. I was gonna. I was like Marie Kondoing my shit like for this move, and I came across that no. sweater, and I was Did like, you I get can't. Rid of it? No. no, you I should can't. give it to me. I was like, I can't throw it. I can. I can give it to you. Should we explain? So Maison Kitsune. So first of all, <laughs> Kitsune is this is this Japanese brand of clothing. It's like that kind of mid price, mid range luxury fashion. And one day in Pop Roulette, we were all like 22, 23. We're all like living paycheck to paycheck, like working our like survival sur- jobs, survival jobs down, down. One day I walk in <laughs> and I'm wearing this sweater that just says just plain, just crew sweater, cr- like crew sweater, gray, sweater gray. With blue lettering that just says Maison Kitsune. <laughs> and then I and then I just go. I don't was I wasn't proud no, of it. No, I was ashamed. No, I t- I I'll tell, tell you exactly this. what happened. I'll okay, tell you exactly no, what happened. I, don't I was this like, very well. "That's a nice sweatshirt." You said, "Yeah, it's new. It's designer." I said, "Oh, how much was it?" He said, "I don't want to tell you." I said, "What was it like sixty dollars?" He said, "No, it was more than that." And I said, "What was it like a hundred fifty dollars?" You said, "No, it was more than that." I said, "How much was that sweatshirt?" You said it was $330. And, the and room- I said, and we all were like, 
This was at the time when we would make a popular video for 300 bucks. I know, I know. Remember that? Yeah. We would get a camera, we get a light, and we'd make a video, I and know. that was content. And I was like, you could have financed I know. a, whole a video. pop roulette video. And that was like half. Like, like, and you're, that sweatshirt is great. And I remember I told you I, I was such rent. a bitch. I said, I wouldn't pay over 40 bucks for that sweatshirt. <laughs> It was my first like big per- like big purchase. And we now look at you s- throwing it out. Yeah. No, I, no, I didn't throw it out. I it's it's in my closet. No, it fits me even better. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. You're. I feel like well, I don't know. I'm trying to think what's the what's the craziest purchase I've made over the last year. Probably honestly like. Um, oh. I do you, but do you guys? Feel I don't buy shit. I buy yeah, too, I, I mean, buy, I, I feel like much. a lot of the times I don't know what to buy. Yeah, but so I'm just like spending like a lot of money on like mid-level garbage, like at Anthropology. Mm-hmm. But do you guys feel guilt? Yeah, I feel no, so all much the time, guilt. all the time, and I'm talking about this in therapy. Guilt is my favorite. Ugh, I love to feel bad and I love to make everything a wrong or right decision. Guilt is the simplest form of suffering because you can invent it at any time in a way that suits you or um, works against you in a, in, a, in a convenient way. Yeah, I feel guilty right now. You can you can just create guilt out of thin air. Yeah, I just did it. And and then you feel pain. What do you feel? You feel pain. I feel pain. And it's self-inflicted constantly. Yeah, I did it to myself just yeah. now. <laughs> And that is what that was. That is what that was. Actually, that is the smartest thing I've said all night is that guilt is the simplest form of suffering. You've said so many smart things all night. Come on. I but I but I but I stand by this. Guilt is the simplest form of suffering. Right Can now. I say two things as an addendum to my summer of cons? Yes. I just want to say as I was sitting here, I, re- I realized the reason, the chief reason I was so upset about coming back from LA was because I missed Greta Titleman. Of course. That of course. was why. The queen in the, the dream. And the that dream. was why I started crying in the apartment. And, and, the, and just the best person. Yeah. And that is some, uh, that I, I just want to, I just want to say okay. that she and Abe Schwartz are my guardian angels mm-hmm. and they gave me their friendship and their home oh. and I love them so much and Greta is my Sister, and mm. she's all of our sisters. And also, all of our speaking sisters. of true, beautiful love that should be celebrated, Greta and Greta Abe. Greta and Abe. Oh my God. Just like I could cry thinking about her. We talked about today on the phone. But, and the other thing is, I just want to say one more thing about my sister. I'm so proud of her. And I didn't want I don't want to frame her as like this anxious person that that like yeah. was nervous. She She's did it. A, she 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 bucked up and quit her job and left a situation that wasn't working for her. Chelsea, and I'm fucking proud. So and proud. that's growth. And yes, that's queen. Br- that's I love so all brave. of those addendums. I, I love those addendums. And yes, queen. And, and I yes. say yaks of corks. And yaks of corks queen. To all the queens and the dreams and the cream. And I just wanted to shout out both my sisters there. Yes. Yes. Um, and now it's time for I don't think so, honey. Okay. This is I don't think so, honey. This is the um, segment in which we go off on something in culture for one minute. Um, oh boy, what do we what do we think? Do I have, have one. Yeah, have I one? actually have one. It's shocking. Okay, this is Matt Rogers' I don't think so, honey, and his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Avocado. Oh, it can oh. get the fuck lost. I don't understand why people like it so much, and here's why. I don't think so, honey. The consistency of avocado and things. It frequently stands out. It is chalky. Honestly, it, it has like a like clay-ish like sort of material, which doesn't go well with salad. I'm sorry. I don't think so, honey. Avocado, you can taste it above all else. 30 seconds. If you include avocado in your burger, sandwich, whatever, and you think you're going to taste anything else, I don't think so, honey. Avocado is here to stay and slay. 
Unfortunately, avocado is a huge part of guacamole, which I do think so, honey. But if I have to choose, seconds. if I'm given the choice, I say get rid of it. Also, I don't think so, honey. What is it? A fruit or a vegetable? Mm. Answer. Uh, I believe it's You don't even know. I don't think so, honey. And if Bo and Yang doesn't know, I don't think so, honey. And that's one minute. It's a fruit because it's around a seed. I yeah, know you're right. It's around a seed. I it's, know you're I right. Know, you're right. I know, I know you're, you're right. right. What's I that movie? Right. What's that movie? When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yes. And Power Couple. Oh, yeah, that's right. Our couple, you too. Oh, my God. Ew. Please, if you haven't watched Matt Rogers, Sudie Green's iconic mini uh, web series, miniseries. It's a miniseries. Power Couple, directed by Peter Kelly. Wait. Which was on Above Average, and then Matt sent it to me the other day, and now it's on Comedy, Comedy Central, Central Presents. Shorts. Yes. Yeah. I was like, God, wait, fucking bless. You know what we didn't do this whole episode, which I can't believe? We didn't talk about Big Little Lies. Oh, well, by, you know. Can we give one? Do you guys still do a Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my god, no, we shut the Patreon down because so we keep ourselves. too busy, bitches. Um, but um, wh- what are you thinking in one sentence or less about Big Little Lies season two? One sentence? Heightened, cartoonish, but don't hate it. Reality. Candy that could get a little too sweet that could give you a stomachache later. And I'm gonna could, say that it could. It, I see. I see it, it possibly like being a little too much. I'm gonna say in the words of Gia Gunn, "Cuckoo, crazy cunts." <laughs> <laughs> it is off the rails, and I just it's but off I, the rails. But I also love that. I, I mean, love I love that. I love that everybody is just at a full twelve. Yeah. Okay. I um, I have my own thing so honey about another HBO thing in this, and so I don't. Wow. Love wow. It. Just, okay. Here you is guys, Bowen you, Yang's. I don't think so honey. His time starts now. I don't think so honey. Euphoria. It's really <gasps> freaking me the fuck out because you know why? It's it's Euphoria and Booksmart are both making me feel very sexually stunted, and I know it's part of the queer narrative that, especially mm-hmm. the gay narrative from our generation, that like you know like we had to sort of like subdue, subdue, subdue ourselves, our sexualities, and whatever. But I, I'm just like all these teens, these hot teens are having sex. All the time with all these hot, these other hot teens, yeah. or in some cases, hot adults such as Eric Dane, and <gasps> so you're just like, oh my god, like what? Thirty. I wasn't having this much sex, and I'm not. Am I having the sex I should be having now because I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up, and I, I, I got a late start, and like, what? And it's so see, it's like really putting me in my fucking head with, with my sexual confidence and identity and I don't think so honey 15 seconds this show that um you know is 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 well produced and well done it's a little that can be a little much and that's like everyone's at a 12 at all times but like I don't think Five. so honey euphoria for just really throttling me throttling me down the sexual crisis and that's one minute is it good I like the pilot a lot I haven't seen the second episode yet so yeah, we're same. we're recording this um right after the second episode aired apparently the second episode has like the fi- the fantasy sequence maybe with the 30 dicks it's never it's never like that in high school. I know. I mean, it's like Dawson's Creek. They were talking about fucking Proust when they were 17. I know, I you know, know what I, I mean? Know. Like, when I was in high school and I was watching the OC, I knew that that wasn't. Oh, I know. The OC it's wasn't all, real. It's all nuts. Yeah. But I'm just like, I still like, you still see it in front of you. And so then you yeah. you, you reflect on it yourself and you're just like, <gasps> Mm, I wasn't like that and so I'm fucked up anyway I mean I see anybody having sex at any age on screen and I'm like what is that how are they doing how is Zendaya how is Zendaya on it (laughs) she's great I like her a lot Zendaya is incredible Zendaya is amazing also like is it Zendaya 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 well and we're all learning and we're all learning (laughs) 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 (laughs)
one can and you're the one I was meant to find. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. When no one can say what we're meant to be. And how can we rewrite the stars? Say you were made to be ours tonight. None of those words were right. That was incredible. That was so good. 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 Sudi, are you ready? Yeah. This is Sudi Green's I Don't Think So Honey. Her time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Men that I bring back to my apartment making little snide comments about how nice it is. Oh. I'm like, Mm. bitch, you threatened? It's like, (laughs) yeah, I have a nice apartment. I also have four jobs. Nice to meet you. It's like, I'm sorry that, like, you have to go home to, like, your five roommate squat pad, you know, where you're all just, like, looking at Tinder next to each other and, like, sharing one big bowl of rice. <laughs> but it's like I have a nice home that I work hard for and also when you go into my space unless it's like wow nice apartment or great apartment I don't want to hear it I'm doing mental leaps and jumps and seconds. I'm on a roller coaster to even want to have sex with you you're playing with fire anything you could say could make me have a bad experience I'm sorry and Five for seconds. you to say wow SNL must pay really good yeah bitch Ew. it does <laughs> As if, and that's one minute. As if that's some like discovery. Multiple, multiple disgusting men. And also, it's like at I, that point you're they're already in your apartment. Sorry, go ahead. It's like I don't want to sound like bougie or no. whatever the fuck, but it's like you you are saying that because you are threatened because you now know that I make more money. Truly, women wouldn't say that to men. No. A woman going over to the house of a supervising writer at SNL wouldn't be like, oh my god, SNL must pay really good. Like, they wouldn't say that. No, you would because it's like assumed that the guy would have a nicer apartment except for like in actual real life where it literally never happens. Like, imagine if Carrie walked into Mr. Big's apartment and she was like, wow, being Mr. Big must pay really well. (laughs) Absolutely not. God. Oh my God. I can't believe that. It's such. It it's sucks. also probably so hard to get sorry, sucks, but wet yeah, when they say that. It sucks the sex out of it. No. I'm yeah. like, now I just feel like you're threatened, or like now it's like a low status situation and it's not horny. But guess what? I go for it anyway. I feel like my apartment is work. too small to fuck in. That's not true. I mean, I've done it, yeah. But like, it's it's a small zone. I feel like whereas, if you, like, I feel like the the thing in your apartment is the ventilation, and I think if you had a lot of sex, it would really smell like sex. I know, in a good or bad way. The last time I was in your apartment, I think kind of in a good way. It's it's never. I light a lot of candles I anyway. It smelled like <laughs> masturbation the last time. Shut I up. <laughs> My apartment always smells like weed and cum. Ugh. The Matt Rogers. That's story. my fragrance, though. My fragrance, gay sun, will be released soon, and it will smell like weed and cum for your son, who's gay. <laughs> That's the tagline. For gay your son, son who's, who's gay. gay. <laughs> for your son, who's gay. He's got to put that beat in there. <laughs> gay son by Matt Rogers. For your son, who's gay. <laughs> yes. Honestly, maybe that's merch. Maybe that's merch. Gay son by Matt Rogers. <laughs> For your son, who's gay. 
Um, oh, quick poll. I mean, I I ran this by Matt, and we were we did not come to an agreement about the copy. But I want I was I had a prototype design for not a mm-hmm. prototype, but for just Bo and Yang as a white bitch. So I think Bo and Yang is a white bitch is a very funny shirt. But I wonder if more people would buy it if it just said white, white bitch. bitch. Yeah, but is that okay for people out of to context wear. to wear a white bitch shirt? It's like a little white pridey. I feel yeah, it's like I, ironic white. I pride. know. I feel more comfortable. <laughs> I feel more comfortable like having that on someone like. Or having, Yang is a white bitch. It should be a picture of you, sure. and then the words "white bitch." White bitch. <laughs> and if an Asian person, yes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A picture of you or a caricature of you and then it says white bitch yeah. underneath it. I think it should it. be a photo picture like glossy like the ones you would get at the mall in the 90s. Yeah, it should be very nice 90s aesthetic for sure. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Sudi. Yeah, Sudi will get a cut of the merch and she still has not seen any of, we literally put her words on fucking merch and she has not been paid a cent. Yeah, well. That um, wasn't part of the agreement that she'd ever be paid. <laughs> I know, but you know what? SNL must pay really well. SNL <laughs> pay really well, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, this has been Summer of Cunt 2, The Clumps. And another iconic <laughs> episode with Sudi, uh, another inductee into the Three Timers Club, one of two. I'm Wait, honored. is it Joel? I'm legit it's honored. you and Joel. Is that it? That's it. I think that's wow. it. Pat hasn't been on three times? Pat's, well, I mean, if you C- count C-culture, C culture, but. Mm. I am truly honored, and being friends with you was the best career decision I ever <laughs> made. <laughs> Being wow. friends with Sudi is the I as I am grateful every day that I'm friends with Sudi Green. Yeah, me too. Oh wait, can I can can I just talk about the stupid fucking thing I did a couple weeks ago? I was on my way back from Chicago, and and literally you texted me. You were like, "Sudi's." This was after the the the, the panic attack, mm-hmm. uh, we'll call it. When Sudi Green, when you're Sudi blowing out my me. spot right now, but go ahead. What that I that I called in my my recon? No, but I knew that. But I, she, I already but no, knew, and is, I love it. And we we all know this is that you were like after I called Matt and was crying, and you were like you sh- like you should really make an effort and hang out with the studio. I was like, okay, great, yeah, for sure. And then I I go, hey, let's let's go see Shakespeare in the Park on Tuesday when I get back from Chicago. And then the first thing you said was not oh great or yay. It, the first thing you said was, did Matt tell you I'm, <laughs> I'm sad? <laughs> But I love that you did that. And we do that, we do that, we all, do the that time. all the time about each yeah, other. Yeah, well, guess what? I always know when you're talking shit about me. Whenever whenever I... When, I want you to know I have a sixth sense okay. that I always know when you two are talking about me. Because it's after you behave badly. No, yes. I never behave badly. <laughs> I've only guilt. ever behaved well. And it's guilt. <laughs> anyway. Oh we God. end every episode with a song. <laughs> you know no, I want I'm you... <laughs> It's not a secret to try to hide. What is the next word? So why don't we rewrite the stars? Say you were made to be mine. Nothing good keep us apart. This was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And Sudia Green and I saw it in the movie theater and she said it was disgustingly bad and I said it was so fucking good. It was laughably bad, and I thought that we were having a great, ironic experience watching The Greatest Showman, and Matt, out of spite, I believe, loved it. Do you want to know who is rumored to love <laughs> never Greatest Showman? Enough, never never! Do you, know, do you know the rumor that Trump fucking loves Greatest Showman? <laughs> <laughs> it's his favorite fucking movie. This is true. Yeah, because minorities are labeled as freaks in that movie. I mean, it's fully like, 
a person, you know, with a, a woman with a beard and some differently abled people. And Zendaya. In, sur- Zendaya. in the and circus. And a light-skinned black girl. And then literally, it's like an Asian person and an albino person and then people of color. And they're like, we're the freaks of the circus. It's like, <laughs> hold up. It fits. It fits. It. Never enough. Never, never, never enough for me. For me. We're back, Emma. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six x visit tomboyx.com canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use start with a stunning template use it as a springboard for your design add images graphics charts and data visualizations from the massive media library it's easy to wow any audience with canva presentations Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.